every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, what's going on? Time for a little What's Going On on the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at Jimmy's Flowers in Layton, 2840 North Hillfield Road. Come on out. Get that loved one squared away for Valentine's Day. They also have locations in Ogden, 2735 Washington Boulevard, and Bountiful, 470 South Main Street. And, of course, you can always order online at jimmysflowers.com. Gordo, you ready for uh, a little what's going on where we check in with the other station, uh, the other shows on the station? <laughs> yeah, let's get that straight. Yeah, we're not yeah. checking in with other stations, no. 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 I guess we could play a little FM music. Although our friend Best Tracy, Ch- movies, go. Yeah, our friend Tracy Chapman, who's on a different station, dropped by and saw us at Jimmy's yesterday, Gordon. So that was <laughs> that's another that's something happening on another station. Okay, good. Uh, What's going on on our station? Let's check in with Hanson Scotty first. Uh, this is the 11th year anniversary of uh, a, a really a change, a franchise changing night for the Utah Jazz. Let's check in with them. There are certain events in life that you look at and you're like, I can't believe that was X amount of time ago, and it just shocks you. You know, 9-11, every time it comes around and it's like, oh, that's 15 years, now it's 18, now it's 20. You know, it's it's crazy how time gets by. And that that's that thing that you retweeted earlier today, Scotty, is one of those things for me. Yeah. I cannot believe it's been that long. It is uh, the original tweet said 11 years. Uh, it's actually the 10 year anniversary of the infamous day in which uh, Jerry Sloan uh, stepped down as the head coach of the Utah Jazz. Uh, Greg and Gail Miller offered the job to uh, Phil Johnson, who politely declined and said that I'm I've been hanging out as long as uh, Jerry has been hanging out, and now that he's gone, I'm not. I I'm I'm going to go ahead and step away as well, and. The uh, the head coaching job went to Tyrone Corbin, who uh, ties as good of a human being as you'll ever meet on the face of the earth. But it just wasn't uh, it just wasn't going to work out for him. And uh, and eventually we now are in the Quinn Snyder era. But that day, Hans, and especially the night before, was one of the strangest things I've ever been a part of. I was doing the jazz pre half and post shows uh, with Tom Nasalki, who has since passed. And and Tom knew. Uh, because and, and you you were at all of the jazz games as well. You know that Jerry, you could you could set your watch to when Jerry would come out of that locker room. You knew exactly when he would walk out, win big, lose big, close game, close loss, whatever it was. Jerry was always going to walk out, and we built our post game show to the second, knowing when Jerry Sloan was going to come out of the uh, locker room and. Uh, we're doing a little crosstalk with David Locke and Ron Boone, and I'm anticipating throwing it down to Jerry Sloan. It was an emotional loss to Carlos Boozer and the Chicago Bulls, and Jerry's not coming out. Jerry's not coming out. And I remember looking at Tom Nasalki, and Tom nailed it. He said, I don't think – I think Jerry just resigned. And I'm like, you're crazy. It's an emotional loss. And he's like, nope, uh, I've been around Jerry long enough, and Tom had been around Jerry enough. Just uh, he goes. This is weird. This doesn't right. And I think Jerry's just stepped down. And certainly that ended up being the case. (laughs) 
it was such a bizarre time, man. It was it, it was hard to believe, and we all knew it. We all knew the cause, but Jerry did a great job of protecting Darren Williams at that time because Jerry could have just yeah. unloaded, and he could have said exactly what was in his heart. I'm not dealing with today's youth. I'm not dealing with today's player. I am not going to sit here and have somebody ignore my calls and ignore what I, I, I need this team to do to be su- successful. If, if he thinks he knows better, let him be the coach. Like, he, he could have attacked in so many different ways, but he bit his tongue and said it's his time, and off he rode. And I, I, I will always commend him for how he handled that because he probably, he could have, and maybe he should have demolished Darren in that moment. Um. But he did He did what he felt like he needed to do, which was remove himself from the situation. And yeah. what a big day. What a horrible loss at the time. And I just remember thinking things will never be the same for the Jazz. And I remember being really sad because I'd built a, a nice relationship with Jerry. And it was, it was horrible to see him walk away that way. I, I wanted it to be after a big season with a lot of fanfare. I wanted to see a parade, banners lifted, statues erected. Like, I wanted to see so many different things done for Jerry, and that's not the way I wanted to see it go. No. But no, 10 it years. Was, wow, 10 yeah. years. Unbelievable. It's a full, a full decade. I mean, that's it, it, it's crazy, and and I'll never forget that night. And, and the subsequent stories, I remember there was a meeting um, that I was in with uh, Greg Miller, who just outlined exactly blow by blow what happened, and it was it was a fascinating story. And Greg and Gail Miller did everything they could to keep him. Kevin O'Connor, who was the uh, general manager at the time, uh, was working on a Darren trade. I mean, Darren was traded about two or three weeks later to Brooklyn, uh, at that point New Jersey, and and that deal was already it was in the works. Uh, all that. Was every the only thing that was holding it up was essentially Carmelo Anthony was getting traded to the Knicks, and it was the Knicks and New Jersey at the time that were trying to trade for Carmelo Anthony, and the Jazz were just waiting on whoever got the trade with Carmelo. They were going to trade Darren to whoever didn't get Carmelo. Carmelo ends up going to the Knicks, and as soon as that went do, down, the next day Darren's off his way to New Jersey, and Kevin explained that to Jerry and said, "Hey, look." He's gone. Like he's we're he's we're moving on from him. So don't think that it's a battle between you and him because if it is, you've won. You will always be the coach here. And I think Jerry looked at it like it's not just Darren, it's just the way the league is going. And I think Darren took the brunt of it and he should. I mean, it was Darren's what the straw that broke the camel's back, but it wasn't just Darren. Darren represented an entire movement that the league was making that Jerry just didn't want to be a part of. And I think Jerry knew if it's not if it's not Darren this year, it's going to be somebody else next year. And I'm just I'm just tired and I'm ready to move on. And that's that's ultimately what happened that night. Pretty incredible. And now here we are 10 years later and still a piece of that trade is is an important part of what the Jazz are doing with the best record in the league right now. (laughs) Derek Favors still a part of it. 
All right, that was Hans and Scotty talking about, of course, that day 10 years ago um, the, the, when Jerry Sloan stepped down. Actually, he technically stepped down the next day, Gordon. He, he said that night that uh, that he would take a night to sleep on it, but stepped down uh, officially the next morning. And it, it was a really pivotal moment uh, in jazz franchise history, and there's a lot that's gone. It's amazing that 10 years has gone under the bridge uh, since then, Gordon. But yeah, that night was was wild. I told you when we were talking about it during the break. I remember you and I did a show from Nima Day Spa that day because it was Boozer's return and it was this big game. And then all of a sudden, uh, nobody saw that coming. And after the game, that uh, nobody watching that game. Let me put it this way: thought that that would be the last game we watched Jerry Sloan coach. Yeah, it was. It was. It was shocking. But if you listen to what Jerry had said through the years leading up to that point. It wasn't shocking, you know, but it's just like, wait a minute, Jerry's always the coach. It's like once somebody is, has been the coach for so long, you just think, yeah, this is the way it's always going to be. Well, no, it's not. And that, uh, that ended abruptly and suddenly, and I think that did put everybody in shock. But I don't know anybody who doesn't respect Jerry Sloan. I mean, God rest his soul, but everybody respected Jerry. And you listen to what Darren Williams has to say these days about him, and it's very respectful. Uh, sometimes people bump heads, and sometimes there are difficulties that ensue. But, uh, you know, I, it, it was a strange way for Jerry to end, but they, not really. Not if you go back and you check, uh, you check your notes. Well, he always said if uh, he lost his, you know, I don't want to say taste for it. How did he always put it? If he lost his want to do it, basically, and he always had a phrase he he specifically used, and it's escaping me now, but that he would walk away, that he would be done. And uh, obviously that he had reached that point on that particular night, and I would guess he he didn't look back after he made that decision. Um, It was interesting, the, the subsequent weeks and years that followed, though, Gordon, they mentioned the Darren Williams trade. Um, Kevin O'Connor fleecing his uh, good friend Billy King and uh, sending Darren back there, and we know how that worked out. And uh, the Jazz got favors and, and others in return and kind of kicked uh, kicked off what would eventually become the rebuild. You know, they guaranteed Ty Corbin a couple of years, and, and that was probably necessary to kind of bottom out a little bit. And then Dennis Lindsay comes in and replaces Kevin O'Connor, and uh, eventually Quinn Snyder comes in, and the, the rebuild kind of officially begins. And Hopefully it culminates uh, with a pretty exciting playoff run this year. Well, it sure looks like it's heading in, a, in that direction. And uh, well, there's all kinds of things to comment here on both the way Jerry did things and now the way Quinn does things. Everybody has their own way of doing it. And there are some similarities. There are things that come together. Kevin O'Connor or Dennis Lindsay, whatever. Uh, you know, there are things that work. And if you use your acumen then uh, you build something positive. And that's what happened on both occasions. In fact, there are a lot of comparisons now that are emerging as the Jazz continue on with this, these terrific performances uh, between now and, and those great Jazz teams back in the day. And uh, it's, <laughs> that's kind of a compliment to what's going on with the Jazz right now. But uh, Jerry was iconic. And uh, I think that's uh, the way everyone in this community felt about him and feels about him. Didn't always agree with him. And Jerry and I had a few occasions where we we uh, had very interesting talks 
one-on-one, but uh, after I had those talks with him where we disagreed, I respected the man more afterward than I did before. So it was, it was always good. He's a good man. No doubt about that. Everybody knows that. And the way it ended was just different. It was, you don't see that happen all that often. Didn't, didn't uh, when Magic complained about, uh, was it Paul Westhead back in the day? That happened in Salt Lake City, didn't it? And the same thing, same result in that case. I, I don't Do you remember, remember that? That was no, before your time. But there are cases where there are conflicts and a coach decides it's time to leave. And uh, that's what happened with you. You know, in retrospect, one thing I'm happy for, uh, Coach Sloan, you know, as I uh, watch a video currently as we speak of a drunken Tom Brady being escorted uh, away from the parade, <laughs> parade oh, route. Oh, really? Uh, you, you know, Tom uh, got a chance to kind of solidify his legacy right by doing it without Belichick. Uh, you know, when, when Jerry took that Darren Booze team to the Western Conference Finals, in, in hindsight, I think it, it did solidify a little bit just how great of coach he was because he he built it again and he did it again in, in short order and of course he didn't do it alone uh with phil johnson and and kevin o'connor but i mean I, in a way kind of cemented his legacy that that he had great success with another generation when i when i bring up the name jerry sloan with you if i just said to you jake jerry sloan what's the first thing that comes to your mind four down <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. Toughness probably. Yeah. Yeah. He loved being, he loved being called tough too. I'm that's sure what tough did. guys, tough guys love that. They love being called tough because that's what they are. Do you love being called tough, Gordon? Uh, I'm not, oh, you're kidding me. I'm a marshmallow. I'm <laughs> a... Uh, all right, let's move on to DJ and PK. They had a conversation with uh, new offensive coordinator at BYU, Aaron Roderick. Let's uh, take a little listen to a piece of that. Yeah, our identity was huge. We want we to keep it. And that, that identity was that, you know, we're a, physical, we're a physical team that can throw the ball down the field. And that's, that is the most important thing that we need to maintain. And uh, that's, that was a great first question, really, because that's all we've been talking about. And uh, it, it's funny, uh, several of our players, Offensive linemen in particular approached me as we were uh, trying to hire an offensive line coach and had a, several of those guys say, whatever you do, let's make sure that with this hire that we maintain that identity. It was important to them. They, they, the guys get it. Grimey did a good job of pounding that into their heads about we're a physical team, we're, we're reliable guys, and we can throw the ball down the field anytime. And so – that's what that's what we want to maintain, and, and the way that we present that from week to week can change a little bit. But um, that, that 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 identity has to has to you know continue. So usually, uh, a particular coordinator on his side of the ball, he has a significant say in who's being hired to coach under him, basically. And there's some type of connection. What was the connection with this guy here, Funk, that you brought in to bring him aboard at BYU? Uh, so I didn't actually know him, which you're right is rare. Most of the time, hires like this, you're hiring somebody you know at least a little bit. Um, I didn't actually know Coach Funk, but I had coached against him at three different schools. So he he was the offensive line coach for Sonny Lubick at Colorado State, and we coached against them a couple times in my early days at Utah. And then he was Brady Hoke's O line coach at San Diego State. 
also coached against him there a couple more times, and then also coached against him at Michigan when we when we uh, when I was at Utah. We played Michigan a couple times, and he was he was Brady Hoke's O line coach there as well. And so I just from coaching against him over the years and seeing his teams play, I was just always impressed with the physicality that they played with and the toughness that they showed, and of course the respect I have for Funny Lubick and Brady Hoke. I know those guys are they're going to have good good old line coaches uh and then just a bunch of recommendations about, about coach funk from from number of people that i knew from the profession uh and that kalani knew as well There's just just too many to name a lot of a lot of people called about him and his behalf and and then uh spent a good oh shoot it was probably three weeks getting to know him and just um all the hours added up. I don't know how many hours added up of getting to know him and just felt really comfortable with him and his background that he'd be a good fit here. So you and Kalani obviously both coached at the U, so you had Kyle Whittingham saying the same things over and over, the same things he says to the media over and over. Position coaches have got to recruit, so it's good that you've seen his teams play and you know how he coaches them up. But as far as a part of the country he can recruit in, contacts, his ability to recruit, what about that end of the equation? Because I, I can't imagine after working for Kyle that long that you ignored that part of the equation. Yeah, you're right. And he's he's uh, such an experienced guy. He's recruited just about everywhere. Uh, he's a veteran coach. I mean, his his uh, his resume is pretty extensive, and uh, he's, he's very familiar with He's from he's from Colorado originally, but uh, Coach Funk has recruited uh, very effectively in all over Texas. Um, obviously, he knows California really well and Arizona, you know, mo- all the western states. And uh, in Texas, I think he has a chance to pick up where, you know, where kind of where we left off with Grimy and Eric Mateos both having Texas uh, connections. So, um, but yeah, he's a good recruiter and um, has a I, you know a big part of recruiting too is just being able to say I've coached these guys. Look at my look at all these players I coached. Look how many of these guys are in the NFL. And he's got a long list of offensive linemen in the NFL or that have played in the NFL. And so I think that alone says a lot. You know that gives you credibility anywhere when you go when you go recruit a player. So from the fan and media perspective, spring ball takes on a whole nother level of interest when there is a quarterback competition, and you guys have that, obviously. So we're going to yeah, be me wondering too. who's <laughs> – <laughs> Okay, this year, including you, you too. And yeah. so you've got uh, opportunity to work with these guys to figure out who it's going to be, and all of us are going to be looking at – Who's going to take the first snap? Now, I don't know necessarily that that's a big deal, but what is your plan of attack for the quarterback position going into spring ball? Well, it, first of all, it's going to be a challenge because it's hard to get enough reps. You know, for there's a finite number of plays in every practice. So it, it, if you spread it around too much, then it's hard to find out anything about anyone. And so – but – um but I kind of have to do that because we've got some good players in the room. So we're going to have to – it's going to have to be a, a body of work that builds slowly, you know, over time. And so, you know, people are going to want answers after the first practice, how they look today or the fifth practice even. And it's it's probably going to take a, a little bit of time to get each, have each guy build enough reps up with the first or second team offense um, 
where we can actually start, you know, maybe ranking them or making a decision. So early on, there won't be, you know, much of a ranking. Um, I, I think that Jaron and Baylor have both played in games for us and both, both played well in games for us. So I would just, I would probably, you know, say the first few days, I would see those two guys probably getting the first crack at some things, but we have a, um, Jacob Conover and Soljay Mayava as well, who, who are really good players and deserve an opportunity. So that's, it's going to take a little time to sort it out, but um, yeah, I've been through these things before, and they usually you can usually tell in time like who who deserves to get the first shot at it, you know. And then and then doing it in a game and sustaining that is is the second part. But the first part's just going to be putting those guys out there and in, in you know. It, it, and the order, the order that they go in will probably change from day to day, and the situations we put them in will change from day to day. They won't always be out there with the same lineup, or you know, the, the drills change situationally each day. So one day might be a two-minute emphasis, another day might be a red zone emphasis, and just see how the guys react to those situations. And then, like I said, it, over time you start getting enough, a uh, large enough body of work that you can start making some fair judgments. All right, there you go. That's uh, new BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick on with DJ and PK this morning. And, in fact, I think what he hit on at the beginning, Gordon, about them continuing on their uh, their identity with the offensive line I think is really yeah. important. In fact, uh, l- let's get to that coming up on the other side. Uh, we've got David James joining us at 430. Uh, David Locke jumping on with us at 5 o'clock. But joining us now, Gordon, world-famous television superstar Angie. <laughs> is oh on with gosh. us once again today. <laughs> How did it go this morning with it Big Buddha? It was nice. It was nice. It was very nice. It was nice and it was fun and it's always exciting. It absolutely. It's always no exciting. No big deal. But but you are uh, you know you're with us here on the radio family too. You're a you multimedia know, person. Yeah, yeah. I love you know kind of breathe deep. You know, just sit back, enjoy the conversation. It's nice. It's nice. I like talking to you guys. This is a good time. Well, I was talking to you about something uh, off the air, and I think this is really important. We were talking about how your busy days are actually like. I mean, you're busy now. You're always busy, yeah, yeah, but yeah. your your kind of jam packed days are yet to come. As, yes. As kind of the last minute folks like like me, yes. you know, realize that Valentine's Day is coming up. Yes. So we're kind of really trying to get the word out that jump on it now and the selection and everything it's it's really going to go your way right don't procrastinate guys don't if you want something great and you want to have more selection i mean we have a great selection here i would you know we always have a great selection but for the holiday those who come in a little bit early they have you know lots of options and they seem to not have to wait in line if there's a line um they just seem to be a little clips through a little bit easier. Same with delivery. Right. I would suggest getting it out a little bit early. You'll be happier. There's not, you know, she's not getting them on the day everybody else is getting them. And it kind of stands out. It kind of is one of those things where like, oh, my gosh, he got him early. Yeah. He's a thinker. He thought ahead. And it's impressive. You know, it's impressive. Get get the best you can get. And, and you can yeah, do that. Right and it now. looks like you planned ahead. Yeah. And it scores all sorts of points all across the board. And, of course, come into any of the locations. And I'll give out the addresses here in a moment. But you could literally do it right now if you go online to Jimmy's Flowers. Of course. Lots of options. Call our phones, get online and order, use your cell phone, get on, you know, Jimmy's internet site and do it. We have great options. 
All right, here are the uh, addresses real quick. 2840 North Hillfield Road. That's where we are here in Layton. 2735 Washington Boulevard in Ogden. And, of course, Bountiful 470 South Main Street. Angie, thank you very You're much. You're welcome. This is so much fun. You uh, guys are great. All right, we'll have more from Jimmy's Flowers coming up next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. John Corrales joining us, host of Locked On Celtics. So we need an outsider's view of how good the Jazz are. What is their ceiling? Are they a contender, a strong contender? Are the Lakers still the favorite? Help us out. The Utah Jazz are in that list of contenders. They have to be taken seriously. They're very well constructed. They're very well coached. They're disciplined. They know who they are. And obviously they've got the high-end talent. Those are all factors that go into a championship team. So the Utah Jazz winning it all this year would not be surprising. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from Jimmy's Flowers here in Layton, 2840 North. Hillfield Road. Check them out, jimmysflowers.com. Oh, bad news, Gordon. And, and frankly, everybody in my timeline has chosen this moment to, to retweet the video. Just terrible. Uh, a bad, it looks like, ankle injury for Udoka Azabuki down in the bubble in Orlando. That's uh, not good. Had to be stretchered uh, off the off the floor. Man. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't enjoy watching those videos. And I actually, I try to avoid them if I can because... Uh, if you tell me it was a severe injury, I don't need to go look at it, you know. I'll take no. your word for it. Yeah, me either. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Oh, yep, it was not good. But, uh, you know, Gordon, lower leg injuries with bigs, it's it's oftentimes not good. So that is, that is not good for the Jazz first-round draft pick. The first time I saw an injury like that, it was live. And so it wasn't like I was going back to check a video of it, was Joe Theismann. When his leg was snapped, and I'm telling you, I, I just no, I, I avoid those things. I've I've uh, seen a few of them, but I've also missed uh, things that we've we've talked about on the air. I never actually watched it happen uh, on a, a number of occasions. But anyway, we Is certainly his, send our best to him. Isn't his name Thiesman? It was, but uh, somebody at Notre Dame changed it to Theisman, so it rhymed with Heisman. I'm sticking with Theisman. Well, once once your name is out there and you agree to it a certain way, then who are we to switch it back? I don't know. I don't know. I met Joe Theisman once, and I didn't ask him that question. So, <laughs> About your name, Joe. About your name. No, uh, Joe Thiesman butted in on my uh, <laughs> on my conversation with my wife. What? Yeah, we were sitting at a, at a, we were eating lunch. My buddy Justin was getting married in the D.C. area. In fact, a, 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 a ceremony I conducted, no big deal. And uh, we were getting lunch before everything. everybody got together to go out and, and do the deed. 
And uh, we just went to this, I don't know, suburban Chicago or Chicago, excuse me, Washington, D.C. Uh, bar restaurant type, like a like a Chili's type place, but not Chili's. And uh, we we sat up at the bar because we were kind of in a hurry. And they had Sports Center up there, right? And there was mm-hmm. a story on the Mannings. And I could not for the life of me think of Cooper Manning's name. I was like, oh, they've got the third brother. What is that third brother's name? And I was saying this out loud. And then all of a sudden, somebody butts into our conversation and goes, Cooper Manning. And I look at him and I'm like, is your name Joe? And he's, <laughs> he's like, yeah, my name's Joe. And so I just, we shot the breeze with him for a few minutes. Seemed like a nice guy. <laughs> okay. By the I way, he had, he had really nice things to say about, uh, about Zach Wilson. Did you see those comments from I him? did not. No, I did not. By the way, not a big I, fan of people that butt in on conversations like that. Even if uh, you are Joe Theismann. He's Joe oh, Theismann. He, 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 was, can, wait, he was helping out. He could butt into our conversation. It's all right. Yeah. He's there. Mind your own it, business. I didn't. You know what I didn't do, though, Gordon? I didn't go fanboy on him where I was like, oh, so tell me about that, that moment that uh, Lawrence Taylor shattered your whole leg. I didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't yeah, go down. Better. I just kind of talked yeah. to him like, yeah, hey, we're visiting D.C. It's nice. Having a good time. Come here often. Did you often. tell, did you tell him you worked in sports? Uh, no, I did not tell him I worked in sports. Okay. I probably should have. I guess I could have made a connection or something. I just didn't feel like bothering him. I mean, he's Joe Thiesman. He's have, just trying to have a peaceful lunch. He did butt into your conversation, though. True. He did butt into our conversation. Really? That bothers you, Lloyd? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It is a little like nosy. I, just let me just not – it's okay if I – there's lots of people I can't remember their names. Just let me let it be. I'll think of it eventually. <laughs> yeah, but by then it's too late because, you know, it'll come well, then to it, you. It, then later on I could be like, oh, that's who that was. It's Cooper. And then I can text so-and-so and say, you know, hey, it was Cooper Manning. That's who we were thinking of. There you go. I really should have asked Joe. him why if he's if he is comfortable with his name change now. Really, you're going to go there right off the bat? Well, I didn't. I just kind of regret that. I should have. I should have said, um, huh? You're <laughs> a little full of yourself, aren't you, Joe? <laughs> yeah, come on, Joe. You're, you're really going to change your family's name for a marketing ploy? I mean, come on. First, you butt in, you, first you butt into my conversation, and, and, and now you're, you're... – I Jake, I, I think that was a good move on your part. Just well, be – just talk to him like a normal human being and not uh, not go straight to the man. When your legs snap like a toothpick, it must have hurt. Yeah, and I didn't want to say, hey, you're Joe Theismann. Like that thought crossed my mind. Like, no, I don't want to do that. So that's why I, that's why I just went with, is your name Joe? Because you know, I was just pretty said, sure it was Joe Theismann. But well, maybe you should have just said, hey, Joe, how are you? Don't put it in question. But that's long. see, that's way too familiar. That's just, <laughs> hey, Joe. Like, I don't know him. He's, he's Joe Thiesman. And I wasn't 100% sure it was him. I was like, it was one of those, I'm 95% sure. But you never know because when they're on TV, they got all the makeup and stuff. And he, I don't mean this to sound mean, but he looked a little bit older. And so I was like, you know, just confirming it. But he knew after I said, is your name Joe? He knew I knew. Uh, well, I would think so. I mean. What are the odds? He's like, oh, you're a good, good guesser. A good guesser. How, how did you, how did you, did you know, know that? <laughs> yeah, wow, you uh, came up with that. No, wow. Crazy. Do I look like a Joe? <laughs> yeah, I've you been do. Been one for a long time. Look like a Joe, a little bit. Um, 
Jake, uh, I mentioned that uh, Joe was very high on Zach Wilson. In fact, he said that if uh, he were making the decision, he would draft Zach over Trevor Lawrence. Wow, that's that's certainly yeah. high praise. That's what I thought. That's why I caught my I, – I put it in a column I wrote just as a, a little aside – and uh, yeah, he was. He he said he has the strength. He has the arm talent. He has, he has the athleticism. He has uh, the mentality. He was going on and on about Zach Wilson, and he said he's my he's my guy. He's my number one pick. Uh, speaking of BYU, Gordon, let's let's finish the thought we teased just to uh, just to get to it. Uh, Coach Roderick was on with DJ and PK. He talked about how it was important to him to continue the offensive line, well, the, the kind of toughness identity that the offensive line had last year and went into the hiring of Daryl Funk, their new offensive line coach, who is certainly bringing a lot of experience to the program. But um, I, it, I think it should be refreshing for BYU football fans to hear him say that because I think that's really important because I think BYU can recruit offensive linemen and I think they can maintain that identity. And I, I agree with him. I think it's important that they do so. Well, okay. First, props to you, Jake, because you've been you've been singing that song for a long, long time. You were saying that a couple of years ago. I was. I've you know? I've been saying that for a while. So thank you. So, wow, that's nice of you. So now that they're actually saying what you said, uh, and which I agree with completely, be tough up front. Be tough in the trenches, and then let your let your acumen as now an offensive coordinator work to the benefit of your program. But you. You can't be all newfangled and fancy schmancy. You got to be tough up front. We saw that in the Super Bowl. You know, yeah, I mean, I yeah, there's a place for all that, all that uh, fun stuff to watch and all that skill and that sort of thing. But at some level, you've got to have big nasties up front that are going to take care of their business. Otherwise, you get nothing done. I mean, you don't think Patrick Mahomes would have been a whole lot more effective if he hadn't been running for his life? I, I totally agree, Gordon. We're, we're of like mind on the importance of, of offensive line, certainly. But I, I think in college football, you need to highlight the areas where you can succeed. And, for example, BYU, uh, you know, under Bronco Mendenhall, Gordon, when, remember when he came in as first as the defensive coordinator and he was married to that 3-3-5 stack mm-hmm. for yeah. a couple of years, and then he realized, like, maybe I shouldn't be running a defense that highlights defensive backs because it's more difficult to get defensive backs to BYU. But you know where Bronco found a lot of success is recruiting linebackers to BYU. And so he changed kind of fundamentally what his defense was all about, and I, thought it was, I always thought it was a really smart move because highlight, you know, where you can succeed. And if BYU's history has taught us anything, Gordo, and, and you know this certainly well more than uh, than I do, it's they recruit big, nasty, baller offensive linemen. And it seems like they've always had been able to get that until they intentionally went away from that for some reason. Well, uh, certainly all their great teams had that component. And, uh, yeah, it's absolutely necessary. And I know you, you like to make fun of Hans because he loves talking about offensive line. But I, I agree with Hans 100%. I, I just, and I've had this discussion with a lot of football experts. Remember Danny White? I, I sat down and talked with him, and I said, Danny, you've got to settle something for me. Because I've had this discussion with a lot of other people, and people I respect, some of whom agree and some disagree. I said, what's the most important unit, unit on the football field? And I said, I think it's the offensive line. And he said, 
the only the only competition for that would be defensive line. But he agreed with the offensive line. And yeah, you can't get anything done if you don't have those big ones doing their job. Yeah, so you're gonna have the, the Chiefs had the best quarterback in the world. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the world right now. He is. I mean, say all you want about Tom Brady, and he is the best ever. But right now, Patrick Mahomes has all the talent, all the ability, and and what did he get him? He got him a big old L because the big and so front could take care of their business, and that's that shows you that you can't do one without the other. Well, I I mean, getting back to this point though, like some schools aren't as blessed as BYU is in their ability to recruit those types of players. Why is that? What what is it that gives BYU that great ability? Well, I think it's uh, the football culture around here. I think produces a lot of good offensive linemen. They have that uh, you know pipeline to Hawaii and Polynesia. I think that uh, that helps, and so I think. But I I mean we can dig into why. But the reason or they. The, the point, I guess, is they've always been able to. They've always mm-hmm. been able to find those guys. The, the ultimate example of places that can are like service academies, right? I mean, you go and knock on Troy Calhoun's office door and say, hey, Troy, geez, why don't you recruit some of these big, nasty offensive line? And he'd laugh and say, well, because we've got to fit them into planes. So that, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a a, that's a bit of an issue. So what do they do? They run a system which is conducive to having smaller, quicker offensive linemen. BYU doesn't have to do that. That's why the whole go fast, go hard thing didn't make sense to me from a, a long-term offensive standpoint at BYU because Taysom Hill was going to come and go, and then you were going to be left with a bunch of undersized offensive linemen who couldn't block for the next guy. But it didn't need to do that. That wasn't necessary. Do you remember how big Gary Croton's offensive linemen were? When, when he was at BYU, and not that those were the best teams, but do you remember, you know, uh, Terrence Brown and Jake Caressa, these big, nasty linemen? Yeah, I, re- I remember going back to the days of Nick Ayer. I mean, those guys were uh, huge, you know, big, strong. And that the definition of really big uh, offensive linemen has changed because <laughs> they're getting bigger and bigger all the time. But, yeah, I agree with you. Give me toughness up front. And do whatever you have to do to train those guys up to be that way. Obviously, there's a lot of skill involved in playing offensive line too, but you got to have some nasty to you. Got right. to, yeah. or, or it doesn't work. And the, you know the the uh, the Cougars back in the day stressed that, and the quarterbacks loved it and thrived with it because again, a quarterback can't thrive without protection. This is part of Russell Wilson's problem with the Seattle Seahawks. He doesn't think he they have stressed that enough. And that's why when you have young quarterbacks in the league, uh, they one of the top priorities is to protect those guys, or at least it should be. So that's why left tackles come in, become very valuable. Uh, it'll be interesting where Penny Sewell ends up going in the draft because he's a good one. That guy is going to take care of your quarterback for a long time. You mentioned Russell Wilson. Do you have any sympathy at all, though, for his offensive lineman, given the fact that he holds the ball second longest of any other he NFL does. quarterback? Uh, yeah, and I get that. He's a playmaker. He's trying to make a play. And but wouldn't that be yeah. like blaming me for your windy anecdotes? <laughs> well, you put it that way, and certainly I want to say it's okay. You know, wouldn't that be like me, like somebody saying, hey, aren't you put the, supposed to put the brakes on that guy? 
and me going, well, hey, what do you want me to do? I mean, it's it's Gordon. He's going to Gordon. That's why everybody loves him. Okay. okay. Gordon's uh, going to Gordon. That, 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 is, that is a bit of a an issue. Uh, what All that does is stress the importance of having the guys up front for sure. Because you've got a, got a playmaker behind you who's going to try and extend plays. And that's that's considered valuable in the NFL. Yeah, but it's not. It's also not conducive to you know, uh, not getting sacks. Well, everyone's not going to be Dan Marino or just dump balls off. Anytime you see someone taking steps toward you, you throw you, you throw it to the ground intentionally. Well, that's what Tommy I mean, does. Yeah, he, he kind of does sometimes. Well, but he's forty three years old. You know, he's that's yeah, been his whole career. Let's not pretend like Tom Brady was Michael <laughs> Vick back in 04. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you couldn't think of two guys that were more opposite in the way they played. Right. All right, we're live from Jimmy's Flowers. Check them out online, jimmysflowers.com. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're live at Jimmy's Flowers. Check them out online, jimmysflowers.com. We will get more on that coming up here momentarily. But it is time for a trydaytrading.com market update. Now, anyone can be a day trader. Visit trydaytrading.com. Gordon, how the markets do today? The Dow was up 60, nearly 62 points today. NASDAQ was down 35, and S&P was down uh, 1.35. So that was the way it went today. Nice. All right. That you little know, big Jake, bag. I got to tell you, so the, the other day I was looking up the market, and for whatever reason, I, I clicked on something. And it uh, I think it was a day that the market really roared up, really did well. And for whatever reason, the site that popped up was saying that all the markets were down. And I'm like, wow. And I looked at the date on it, and it said September 2017 or something. It was the wrong date. Wait, did so it, then, but it popped up on your phone? Yeah. No, on my computer. It popped up, yeah. From, and I thought, from 2017 I, just yeah, pop, yeah. popped up out of nowhere? Yeah. yeah. Does I that happen so to like, you a lot where stuff pops up out of nowhere on your computer? <laughs> Is that something you deal with quite a bit? No, that was Austin. It had that problem. Uh, just have stuff pop right up out Remember? of nowhere, huh? Mike from IT was calling. Uh, I do remember that that wasn't from something just randomly popping up, though. He actually Googled that. <laughs> OK, 
All right. You have well, emails that he's just always, pop up? He's, all, he's always Googled. He has always Googled. It's true. I'm a little concerned about your computer just popping up news stories from 2017. No, no what have you been looking was, at, Gordon? No, nothing. It, it said I it said click on those links, Gordon. Yeah, let's do a little <laughs> internet sleuthing here. Where, where, no, where it's one of those things. No, it said, what is the stock market uh, what, what is the stock market doing today? So I clicked on it, and it was from 2017. I, it was, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Right. Where have you been looking for the Not Sports Report stories, Gordo? Oh, I, I span the universe on yeah, those. It sounds like it. Yeah, when we were talking <laughs> earlier about how much, you know, nudity was involved in the Not oh, Sports Report. Oh, stop. So we Come shouldn't on. be surprised that you're getting random pop-ups. Oh, knock it off. Come on. 2017 jeez i did do some shopping online for my wife um some clothes shopping before christmas and i noticed that all the a bunch of the advertisements when i go to various uh uh sites you know to sports sites and others that they all pop up because you visited there and that gets back to uh, big brothers watching right yeah yeah i i'm really curious as to to what's popping up for you for advertisements <laughs> based on like, where it is you no, go in the no internet. no it was like women's sweaters and uh you know stuff yeah, uh right you know. uh-huh well i did get her a couple you know of you don't have to shop for that stuff online gordon most of the stores that sell that stuff stay open all night long <laughs> <Very funny. laughs> and how would you know that uh experience uh, we're, we're here at Jimmy's Flowers uh, up here in Layton, 2840 North Hillfield Road. Come on up and see us. Of course, they have locations in Ogden as well as uh, Bountiful, and you can check them out online at jimmysflowers.com. But uh, joining the show once again is Brian. And, Brian, we make the jokes, but really flowers are the best way to a successful <laughs> Valentine's Day, right? That's the best yeah. way to go. I mean, Valentine's just isn't the same without flowers, right? I mean, there's, there's lots, lots of other gifts you can give, and those are great options. But uh, I've never met a, a woman who was upset that she got flowers. Right. It's yeah, you know, can, I, can I give you my opinion on that? Because I think – Go ahead. If you want to buy something else for the for your loved one, then do it. But don't forget the flowers. Exactly. Because all that do, does is add there, too. You can't lose with that. So exactly. that's just my advice. 40, advice 40, 40 years of blissful marriage here is all, you know, I, I'm speaking from from a good base. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's taken a, a no-miss gift idea to keep Gordon married for 40 years. <laughs> so it's the, we're probably true you're lucky you figured that one out uh, a while ago uh there gordo but a- actually you know flowers of course can't miss but if you do want to supplement a little bit you guys have a ton of great i mean the, gordon you know the store it's it's beautiful there are a yeah. ton of great ideas in addition we talked about the chocolates before yeah they're they're amazing we 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 sell them as fast as they get here it's really hard to keep them in stock and lots of options to enhance you know just the flowers there's there's lots of other things to add to it uh, to make it a little bit more special of a gift so um, just tons of different things to choose from um, find them online like we've said and certainly here in, in our beautiful stores we spend a lot of time uh, making our stores look appealing and have um, you know make them shopper friendly for people to come in and and our, our staff is always ready and willing to help with answering any questions or any advice we're always looking for advice as men right 
Well, so. see, that I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think there are a lot of our listeners out there that really don't know when it comes to this sort of thing. I, I know I'm certainly one. I'm guessing that Gordon is no florist himself. So <laughs> we need a, a little guidance, and, and I know the website does that, and, and your staff here is just amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we lots of experience, a lot of, lot of talented people that work for us, and uh, we're eager to help, you know, and most all of our employees are, are women, and, and they'll tell you what, you know, what's popular right now, what uh, what gifts they would love to receive, and, you know, tell them about your significant other, and they can pick out a gift for you so you don't have to overthink it. Oh, so cool. All right, Jimmy's Flowers, three locations for you. If you want, get started at jimmysflowers.com, but here are the locations, 2840 North Hillfield Road in Layton. That's where we are. 2735 Washington Boulevard in Ogden, and the, the Bountiful location, 470 South Main. All three are beautiful. They'll get you taken care of. Brian, we appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate All right, it. more coming up next. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.